Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go, 4 o'clock hour. Welcome in. Uh, Reno, Vegas is here. ESPN Reno, ESPN Vegas. Thomas and Mac is the site. Big Mountain West Conference game on the way, at least big for these two teams. they got to start winning some games. Wyoming and UNLV will get into Nevada's big win last night and just what Steve Alford has done in Reno with that team. Later in the hour, NFL insider Miles Simmons. Also, sports gaming, angles, picks, leans, likes. Sam Paniatovich. Let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. You got to hand it to Steve Alford. As I've said repeatedly on the show, a lot of folks last year, and especially in Reno, were questioning the 10-year deal. People outside the market were kind of mocking on what was going on with Steve Alford. They wound up cleaning house, whether it was their choice or not, with the basketball team. They lost some really good players in Warren Washington and Cambridge and Sherfield. And they've restocked with a lot of young dudes. And New Mexico went in there last night, Adam, and they took them right to the brink repeatedly and went to double overtime. And the Pack win it, 97 to 94. They were down five. Nevada was with a minute left, down five. And there was a really quick five-second call, which I always find interesting, how refs sometimes are really on the spot, other times... They're not, and I was I was timing it. I timed it repeatedly. It was 5.18 seconds on the five-second call. That was a turnover. Nevada gets the ball back. They also got a 30-second shot clock violation. And let me get that right. That was an overtime. That was not at the end of regulation. So that was an overtime. They take it to double overtime, and then it's tied at 94. And Deze, the big man for New Mexico, got a little froggy on a rebound and was throwing his elbows around and – Whacked Foster right in the face. Refs had to call it. And well, Nevada goes on to win it. What we learned yesterday is you just have to pretend it's a celebration. And then you can hit, it, hit yeah. whoever you want in the Explain face. that one with VTech and Duke. Uh, near the end of the VTech game, VTech scores a basket to go up to. A guy celebrates by pumping his fist, as guys often do, and hits a Duke player right in the throat. And I thought for sure that was going to draw a technical. Uh, it's silly, but yeah. anytime there's any contact to the face, even when it's unintentional, it's it's attack. It's an intentional foul. Whatever they do, and I thought that was going to decide the game. And the referees decided not to call it, which a call going against Duke is just stunning in its own right. But I like it. I like the referee showing discretion. But at the same time, it also told me if I'm a player, I'm just celebrating all the time and I'm punching whoever I want. Like that's what I'm doing now. Players are not going to do that. Though. I will. That's what I'm doing. Just every every single every rebound, yeah! Throw your throw your fist in the air. Let's go! Whoever it hits, who cares? Uh, if that's the standard now, yeah. uh, I didn't know that was allowed to happen. So uh, it was weird. It was a cr- kind of a crazy finish. But yes, the New Mexico Reno game was just a fantastic game. I'll admit, I changed it uh, when it was as you mentioned down five in overtime. I was like, well, that's it uh, for those that laid two and a half in the game. We're like, all right, well, that, that'll do it. Oh my god! Uh, and uh, turned it off for a little bit. Saw that it was in double overtime, turned it back, and uh, got to see the exciting conclusion and the win. Uh, but, yeah, that was, uh, that was a wild game. We're almost at a halfway point in conference. Nevada 16-5 and 6-2 and and in the league. That game, 
I think it's pretty clear, was offered taking a slight lead in Coach of the Year, the Mountain West Coach of the Year race against Tino, right? They were both in similar positions a year ago. They had to retool their roster to a certain extent. Beat them head-to-head. Yeah, I mean, I think... Offered right now is the Coach of the Year. It's a long way to go, for sure. No, I understand. I think by the end of the year, it'll probably be Patino, but yeah, it's a... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it's very much up in the air how both of these teams are going to go. I mean, I think that, that was a gigantic win last night, and it erases a little bit of the doubt. Uh, since Nevada went to San Diego State and had a rough time for about 38 minutes and then made yeah. it look closer at the end. But the job offered done has been really good. And, again, around the country, if you're watching programs and you're hearing, hey, lots of new players, tough to mix them in, like, they're, they're doing it. And he's got three freshmen yes. as part of his rotation. They're doing it. Oh, I will say, I, I mean, I bet Reno needed them to win and were rooting for them. Uh, but I, I, I think New Mexico was clearly the better team last night. Um, I, I'll take the I'll take the win, and it was a it was a great back and forth. I mean, I thought uh, the way that, that they were able to answer uh, pretty much every time they, they took a punch, they answered it, and in, in the end, you know, found a way to pull it off. But uh, I I would I would say watching the game, New Mexico was better, and I think for the rest of the year, I would I would take New Mexico to uh, kind of pull away from them a little bit. Number three. Later in the week, we'll get to more of the UNLV and Nevada rivalry. Is there a rivalry between Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan or people around them? That we, What's going on here? Well, we know that there's a rivalry between them. You can did see you, that on Last Dance. Did you go? Sure. Did you go to People.com for this one? What is going on with Pippen's ex-wife? Oh, it's been it's been uh, lingering for a long time. Uh, Larsa Pippen, Pippen's ex-wife, has been hanging out a lot with Michael Jordan's son. Uh, they've been at different games, different events, hanging out together, and they've insisted that they're friends. But the most recent photo that Larsa Pippen posted on Instagram appears like it's more of a couple photo. And it appears that she is now dating Michael Jordan's son, Marcus. Uh, I think that's a that's a thing. They're almost Instagram official at this point. You got to like when you search Marcus Jordan, first thing that comes up is age, because that's what I was thinking. Sure. 32 years old? Is he the one who played for Central Florida, all bespeckled? Wearing, like, your rec specs? I yes, thought it that, was, yeah. Yes, that's him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and wow. Larson Pippen, 48, but looks Woo-hoo-hoo. looks younger. Looks younger. All right. Uh, it's an interesting couple, for sure. Uh, now, to me, look, maybe they just happen to be the, the best match that's out there. To me, this is this is spite. Like, it's, what it, would it's, it's, spite, it's spite dating? Yes, it's a, it's a it's a spite relationship to go after. What would what would make Scottie Pippen the angriest to be dating one of Michael Jordan's sons? Uh, that clearly seems to me what is going on. But maybe they look, maybe maybe wrong. Maybe they just maybe they were random like bumble matches. Who knows? I don't think that's the case. I think this is her aggressively pursuing something that's going to make Scottie angry. Number two. Did you see uh, Demar Hamlin watching the game on Sunday? Was he? Wait, what? You you believe it was him? Yes. Why would I not believe it was what? Well, clearly, you're not you're not into conspiracy theories and following yeah. along. Another people.com story here. What do we got? The conspiracy is out there because Demar Hamlin had a uh, had sunglasses and a mask on and was covered up because it was a blizzard and he just got out of the hospital. That it was not probably him. a little immunocompromised. Sure. And what has this led to now? The conspiracy is out there. Demar Hamlin is dead, and this is a this is an actor to make the NFL look better, to make the Bills fans happy, 
uh, all these other things. It's out there. Somebody, so I'm I'm not kidding. Right before the show, somebody that you also know sent me a quote unquote the death certificate is out there on the internet, and they're just this is all a cover up. What? People need to what? stop with the conspiracy theories. Just you need to stop. First of all, you all realize that Demar Hamlin did visit the team facility and was hanging out with the players, right? Did he? Sorry, yeah. I was just playing into it. He was. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He was there. He was hanging out with the players. Now the players are all participating in this conspiracy too? Like, this is preposterous on every level. But it's also a sign of, I mean, conspiracy theories have always been a thing. They go back forever. But the internet has really, well, really made this more possible. If any team deserves a good conspiracy theory around them, it's the Buffalo Bills. Why is that? Going back to COVID. Sure. Well, a lot of teams were. Player's wife. That's true. Well, he's going he's gonna to be gone. Beasley. He's going to be gone now. And Beasley, Beasley's probably not going to be there either. Poyer is, gonna, is way too expensive for them at this point. So he's going to be gone. So I don't know what she's going to be doing anymore either. Uh, she'll be happy to get out of Buffalo. She complains about it all the time. Uh, but, yes, let's just settle this once and for all. Stop. It's Damar Hamlin. Number one. So you mentioned Poyer could be gone. Beasley, Outski. What about Stefan Diggs and his buffoonery over the weekend and on social media since? Well, Time to part ways since your franchise guy is Josh Allen. Is it? Bye-bye, Diggs. It is by the numbers. They're committed to him. Well, they're pretty committed to Diggs, too. Well, it's a tough contract to get out of. Can you name an all-time great quarterback who had a receiver screaming in his face all the time? It's tough. Right? Had Bra- did Brady have someone like that? Not really. No. But can you name an all-time quarterback who was that inconsistent? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I can name a lot. Terry Bradshaw. Sure. I mean, that's... Yes. I Joe Namath. They're all, I, mean, I don't, I don't think, have film of the Jets. I don't think know, there's... In, in, in when Namath hurt his knee and then he wasn't as good if guys were screaming at him. But to my point, when you're a top five or six quarterback and you're paid like it... It's one thing to have T.O. you know screaming at jabronis. Jabronis is not fair because they're NFL quarterbacks. That's not fair. It just seems unusual. Like, is there a line for Diggs? Like, relax, bro. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you know it was pretty clear that you know Josh Allen missed him a bunch. Somebody made the the compilation video of how many times he missed him, how many times he was open, how many times he actually threw to him and, and missed him on on uh, Sunday. Uh, it was bad, and you understand why Diggs was frustrated and, and that they lost, but uh, you can have those discussions off off the field also. You don't need to do it on the field and start start screaming. There was the, look, you, you don't want to say all time, but I mean the Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins issues this year uh, were fairly similar, uh, and it looked like DeAndre Hopkins was like, what are you doing? Uh, you give me the ball and you know throw, throw it to me when I'm open and stop throwing it you know 30 rows up into the stands. Uh Th- these things happen, but you're right. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't have to happen on the field. And um, I think that in this case, you know, if you're Stephon Diggs, like you're not winning over any fans or anybody in the organization. Uh, nobody there thinks that that guy can do anything wrong. Right. You're not going to win over those fans. No. Never. As, as much as you may be the number two guy, it's a distant two. Yeah. And and look, Stephon Diggs made Josh out. I don't think many people fight back on that. 
Uh, before he was there, it was it was an abomination, and now he's turned him into a great, great quarterback uh, in the league. So um, I don't know. I don't know that the Bills want to see what Josh Allen is without Stephon Diggs. But at some point, you have to look back and say, look, this is as much as they've been friends and done a lot of really cool like buddy videos together, and they have a great relationship seemingly. Like, at what point does it become toxic on the field when? Several times over the last couple of weeks, he's made it clear, like, dude, you need to play better. And and that's not something that I think a lot of people in the organization want to be seeing every every game. And now Diggs is being tracked down by the opposition. Well, so is Josh. So is Josh Allen by Eli Apple. Eli Apple is just going, uh, going nuclear on social media. Uh, first of all, he was criticized for allegedly attacking uh, DeMar Hamlin, which... If it's not really Demar Hamlin, if it's if it's, if it's a an actor standing in his place, then who cares? But uh, he made the uh, the heart hands emoji uh, when he said, you know, one, uh, Cancun on three about Allen and Diggs. Uh, that was he says not a shot at Demar Hamlin. The Bills players think it was, uh, but he has been retweeting videos and saying, uh, you know, they need couples therapy and he'll pay for it. Uh, all kinds of different videos about you know about the argument between them about locking down Stephon Diggs and everything else. Now Eli Apple has been very inconsistent himself, so maybe treading in some dangerous territory here by uh, trolling so hard on social media. But he will not stop. He is going. He is going all out. And a lot of the Bengals players were very upset about things like you know the uh, the refunds for the for the tickets in Atlanta and uh, pre-booking that. So there's a lot going on there. Big 4-4 brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Offices in uh, Reno and in Las Vegas, 766-1400. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to f***ing do, I'd have already f***ing done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. Cofield and Company NFL Insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. Tom Brady getting all filthy with Jim Gray on their podcast on Sirius XM. A bit, or is Jim Gray disliked as by Brady as much as he is by everyone else? Seems like a bit. Bit. I think it's a bit. It's a bit. They've hung out at basketball games together. It's kind of blown me away. I'm like. Really lets him hang around him. He handpicked him to host his stupid podcast. So it's a good point. Miles Simmons is with us. Miles uh, handpicked by Mike Florio to do. P- I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. You're very good at it, though. You're very good at it. I want to get to Brady here in, in just a second. But I noticed this morning that uh, the Jones boys ditched on the radio. Both of them, uh, dad and son, both have radio gigs. Do you think there's something going on? Like something real heavy going on where they're like, "Yeah, we better not talk right now." I mean, I don't know if it's that, but I do know that it is newsworthy whenever Jerry Jones decides not to say something. So whether it's just that they wanted to be able to do all of their evaluations without, you know, talking publicly between them or not, I mean, I don't know. But I I do, because Shereen Williams, my colleague who is more or less the person who handpicked me for pro football talk, by the way. But she was the one who covered that story, and she's covered the Cowboys for years and years, and that's what I said to her, and she's like, yeah, it's true. So I don't really know if there is something big going on, but I do know that it is notable anytime Jerry Jones decides not to talk. So it, it sounds like 
the Broncos have decided on Sean Payton, if Sean Payton wants to go to the Broncos, would would he be potentially waiting to see what happens with the Cowboys? I I wouldn't be shocked if he did. I, I mean, I I know that, and Mike Florio has reported this um, extensively, and it's in his book, Playmakers. You can buy that wherever books are sold. But if there, Sean Payton was going to be the Cowboys coach, right? There was a deal in place for them to trade for him, but then Mickey Loomis did not want to lose both Anthony Davis and Sean Payton in basically the same month because Mickey Loomis also had a lot to do with the New Orleans Falcons. So it's, it would not shock me if there is mutual interest in Jerry Jones and Sean Payton and having him become the next Cowboys coach. But at the same time, are you really going to get rid of Mike McCarthy after he's piloted that team to two pretty successful seasons in a row? I mean, I, there's an argument to do it based on some of the weird and dumb things that continue to happen at the end of games for the Dallas Cowboys. But, I mean, Sean Payne's done some weird and dumb things at the end of games, too. Uh, you want to look at the 2018 NFC Championship game? Why were they throwing in the first place? So, you know, that's something. Back to Brady. How long can, say, the Raiders allow him to take his time on a decision? It's the Raiders, <laughs> and not just you know, and the Buccaneers. That's an interesting part about that. Um, I, you, if you feel like you have a good chance to land him, you do as long as it takes. In part because the Raiders have a top ten draft pick, right? So, I mean, if you want to say that it's the beginning of free agency and Jimmy Garoppolo's on the market, Tom Brady's not on the market. Well, you go with a Jarrett Stidham. Jimmy Garoppolo rookie quarterback room, that doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world to me because if you get Brady or not, you're going to have to develop a quarterback behind him because even though Tom Brady is diminished and still at probably top 15 QB at 45, you know, 46, it's, you're going to need another quarterback eventually because this is only probably going to be a one- to two-year thing, right? You're thinking if you get Tom Brady, it's year-to-year. So you need a developmental guy behind him, um, no matter what you do. So I mean, you, you mentioned Sidham too. I think he's he's fascinating. Do you think there's going to be much of a market for him because he doesn't have to come back to the Raiders? No, he he doesn't. And you know, I mean, there are so many quarterbacks, or excuse me, so many teams that are going to be in the quarterback market that yeah, somebody could in theory pick him up. But I mean, if I'm Jared Stidham and I know that the um, Las Vegas Raiders' job is either open or it's going to be open in another year or two. I mean, I would be most interested in that because that's the offensive system that I know. And really nobody else is running it right now. I mean, you could argue that Bill O'Brien might, you know, run something pretty similar with uh, the New England Patriots now that he's been the OC there. But you've still got Mac Jones and then Bailey Zappi to deal with there. So, I mean, I think that from a football and scheme standpoint, there's probably no place better for Jarrett Stidham than uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, unless um, Brian Flores gets hired by the Arizona Cardinals, and then they need somebody to play most of the season. Well, you go back there, and you know maybe he hires somebody that he, um, Stidham is familiar with with New England to run the offense. So that that would maybe be another option. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk, joining us as he does each and every Tuesday right around this time. Uh, we were just talking about this, so I'll bring you in on it. DeMar Hamlin is alive, correct? As far as I know, yes. And I'm pretty sure that anything uh, to the contrary is really, really stupid. <laughs> I would agree. 
it, it's so right. silly. Which, which, with a, of course, Adam Hill brings it up for the second time that uh, the conspiracy theory is out there that it was an imposter oh. at the game on Sunday. I mean, I don't know. A body I, double. I, 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 right, yeah. It's like it, Avril Lavigne is also a body double now, right? She's been replaced as well. Yes. I, I don't yeah. understand, like, what the point is of trying to make a conspiracy theory like that. I mean, how and how do they think, the people that believe this conspiracy theory, how in the world would this have happened? If he had died, we all would have known. Somebody sent me a death certificate today, Miles. That's how ridiculous this is. But here's the thing. Are you working on this for a story for the article? Absolutely not. I'm actually trying to prove how <laughs> dumb conspiracy theories are in general. Is this your Sunday column? Might be. Well, yeah, that's, that's what the 2022 Nevada Sports yeah. Writer of the Year does. Exactly. Wrong. No, I'm, I'm actually using this point to prove how, how dumb they are in general. And, and I'm actually hoping that people take this, and once, th- once this is proven wrong, they're like, oh, maybe these conspiracy theories I've had about other things are just really, really dumb. That's what I'm well, hoping. Stevie get- Wonder isn't blind, so that's – no, I'm just kidding. He's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's people have seen him. You're just, you're people have talked about that when he get when he gets off the elevator and he's like, "Oh, hey." He he's talked to neighbors when he gets off the elevator. They're like, "How do they know it was me?" He's he's seventy plus years old. His senses are heightened beyond sure, belief. Sure, that's true. He's lived a life like this for sure. Uh, Why am I answering that? I don't know. What is wrong uh, with me, Miles? <laughs> being silly. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Do the Bills have to move on from Stephon Diggs after he showed showed uh, showed up the quarterback on the sideline? No, they don't. I mean, and if they were to do that, that would be a mistake. I mean, look, it, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are close. And, you know, brothers fight, right? And that's one of the things that people say. I think the thing that bothers me a little bit about Stephon Diggs, and I really like Stephon Diggs as a player, and, you know, he's good with the media usually. But you're a captain, and you got to be able to stand up there and talk. And I understand that. You know, you're emotional. You don't want to lose like that. You're unhappy with the performance, and you should be. But when you're a captain, you are elected to speak for the team, right? And the fact that you leave the locker room basically before the coaches are even done talking, that that to me is not good leadership. You know, you're elected to speak for the team. You need to speak for the team in the most critical moments. And the fact that he didn't do that, I'm I'm a little disappointed in that. Miles Simmons is with us. At Miles A. Simmons up on... Twitter. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the games this weekend. Who are we pick? Yes. Niners and Eagles. Uh, today, and I reserve the right to change my mind before Sunday. I, I would go with the Eagles and the Bengals. And you know, I think the Eagles have been great all year, and in some ways, they're a little bit underrated. You know, it's just that even though Jalen Hurts is not a hundred percent, still dealing with the shoulder. That defense, the way they rotate their linemen, they're going to give Purdy some issues. And I think this might be a time where we see Purdy turn the ball over a little bit because of those issues that the defensive line can present. And just the way that the Eagles adapt and adjust offensively. I mean, they can kill you through the air or they can kill you on the ground. I just, I think the Eagles should be better at home. The Bengals... They've had the Chiefs number over the last year, and I'm less confident in this pick the more I talk about it. But the Bengals have been playing the best football in the AFC for weeks. I've been saying that the Bills, they have lapses. They are reckless sometimes. It just seemed to me that Cincinnati was going to win that game, no matter if they played it in Cincinnati, Buffalo, the parking lot outside a Motel 6. Like That was going to be a game Cincinnati was going to win. And they should be able to beat the Chiefs, too. But when Patrick Mahomes turns on that next level, man, even if he's got a hurt ankle, 
there's just some things that I believe that Patrick Mahomes can do, and I know that he's going to take this game personally, right? They Everything is basically saying that Cincinnati should win this game. I, I find it hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes, and I think I just talked myself into picking Kansas City over the course wow. of like a 30-second answer. So, well, Pro football talk. Uh, I wanted to close on this one, and we got uh, about a minute left. So if Bezos is going to buy the Commanders, the – the story is he might have to sell the Washington Post. Wouldn't he have to sell Amazon as well? I don't think he's going to do that, but wouldn't we have a conflict of interest? The guy's got the broadcast deal with the NFL, and he owns a team? Yeah, I thought that too, and apparently it's not, and I would have to go back and look at the specifics of it. But, yeah, even though he owns Amazon, and that's one thing that broadcasts um, the Commander's Games, obviously, as do CBS and Fox and my network in D.C., and – um, ESPN slash ABC. It, it doesn't seem to be. And it's one of those deals where the broadcasting committee, which I believe is led by Robert Kraft, they've gotten to know Jeff Bezos a little bit more because of the Amazon deal, and that's part of what makes him so comfortable with him. So I don't believe that is the case. Miles, have a wonderful week leading up to the football. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, gentlemen, you too. Thanks, man. By the way, the football. Yeah. The football. Also, I was just thinking. I don't think Bezos' ownership of the Post is a conflict of interest issue. Okay. I think it's because Snyder hates the Post so much for what they've done oh. that he wouldn't sell it to him. So if he gets rid of it, yeah. then he'll be good? Because I was thinking supposedly. Chicago Tribune and the Cubs. It was supposedly. Didn't, didn't the Boston Globe have part of the Celtics too? Yeah, it's supposedly like a, a goodwill gesture to Snyder to make it okay. How? I mean, he owns a team, but I was just going to scream out, why would Dan Snyder have any say in this? It is his team. Yeah. I don't want him to have any say in anything anymore. Me neither. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. A lot more coming up on the Raiders, including reports by uh, one of the dudes at ESPN, Jeremy Fowler, saying uh, Raiders may be ready to move off of a bunch of veterans. Management may want to bring in their own guys. But we were just talking about Tom Brady. And, uh, Ari, can we play this cut again from uh, the podcast that Brady does as he uh, cusses out Jim Gray? Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. There you go. All right. So a little bit there, comedy duo of uh, TB12 and uh, JG. Funny stuff. Well... It's also here. Here's why it's a a bit, which it's fine, whatever. I mean, not a bit in, you know, it's a completely fake interview or anything. But it's a bit in that he's just trying to make news and headlines or whatever by cursing right. in an answer. But it's actually not true. If, if he, let's just say, for example, he knew he was coming to the Raiders, and that that's a done deal in his mind. He's set. He's already agreed with the Raiders. He's already done. He can't announce that. He can't say that. So he wouldn't have already done it. So what is he talking about? <laughs> like, the league year's not over. He's still a member of the Bucks. He can't go to the Raiders. Also, there's a lot of moving pieces with the Raiders. I'm not saying that that's what's happened. But so, no, he wouldn't have already done it because he's not allowed to already do it. So what is he talking about? It's just the whole thing. I mean, it's it's going to be Brady again, you know, dominating headlines throughout the offseason. And that's fine. He's, he's at you that point. You do hate this or you like it for your job? It was fine. It cre- you know creates interest and extends this a little bit longer. But there's nothing he can do. He can't do anything right now. 
Over under one and a half Adam Hill columns on Tom Brady before next NFL season. Over under one and a half. I'm going to say under. No. Yeah. It's over. I don't know how much. I mean, you're in control. If I made a bet, you'd be in control yeah, sure. of it. But I don't know how much like Raiders. Your bosses would be like, how come you won't? How come you're not writing about Tom Brady in one of your columns? I well, don't know. I don't know how much Raider stuff I'm going to do as a column. That's because I cover the team. Ooh. Okay. I get that. Yeah. I don't know why I'm going. Ooh. That's a good point. You're in a weird position. We haven't really talked about this. You have a new column. I do. What the hell do you write about? You cover everyone. Oh, well, that's kind of the idea of, like, I'm just always around at every, all these different things, and I don't really write that much about it. I'm just kind of there. So it's a way to, you know, find new mm. stories and mm. explore different things. Like this past week I wrote about former UNLV coach Jeff Horton. Boy, it'd be, uh, boy, it'd be tough to just annihilate subjects that you have to see all the time. Man, well, I'm going to do it. But that was a Kantowski first, role, so you're kind of going into that. My first column was saying Dana White needs to be punished. Eh. I mean, you barely, you barely cover Dana White anymore. I was there. He would, he would never reach out to you and complain. Well, as soon as the – like, right after the story, right after the column hit the internet, I went over to the UFC Apex just to be there. Were you like, please don't send this out in a screen cap so I get death threats again? No. Okay. I was hoping he would promote it. <laughs> Is that what it was? Let's go. All right, will you annihilate this person? Uh, Andrew Perloff, who you can hear in the afternoons on CBS Sports Radio. I think they're on local. Um, said about Tom Brady, wouldn't the correct selfish move for Brady be to play for the veteran minimum? He's earned $332 million. He's got three seventy-five coming with Fox. He won't live long enough to spend that money. Don't worry about other people's money. Chance to win the title is priceless. Shouldn't he, shouldn't he pay, uh, play for less wherever he goes so they can get more players? No, I'd say absolutely yes. But, I mean, that's, not, it's not a, that's also not a reality. Nobody does that. Uh, could, the, could the Raiders just pull up Bobby Kraft, which we allege, we don't have facts on this, but that you know, there may have been a secret deal behind the scenes where Brady was always taking less with the Pats. Well, it's really – Minister of fun for a lifetime deal for Brady once he's done with like, – although at, at that point the Minister of Fun job could go bye-bye because he's in broadcasting. Sure, but we also we joke about the Robert Kraft, but it's really it's your it's your Nets that did that. That was that was their thing. Kirilenko? Yeah. That was their whole that was their whole they got caught for He's that. getting a Bobby Bow deal for sure. life. Sure. So I mean that's that's the real example of it. Uh, but no, I don't think they're gonna do that. But yeah, he could do that and try to win a title by having extra guys, but I don't think that's what he's planning on doing. A lot of perks, a lot of hookups in Vegas, Tom. Tom Brady back to New England. Nah. I don't care if Bill O'Brien's coming. Does DeAndre Hopkins come? He needs receivers. So he's going to likely look at a team like the Raiders. Yep. So there is a plus 150 shot. Brady goes to Vegas, partners with Devontae Adams, Josh McDaniels. That makes more sense. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. Betting. With Sammy P. Sammy P. Hear the audio there from Nesson Betts, one of my favorite Twitter handles. Videos out all the time. Sam Peniotta was a voice on there. We're going to get to Brady here in a second. Sam, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Hold on, hold on. Am I about to speak to the sports writer of the year right now? Uh, actually, we've redubbed it the Nevada Man of the Year. Just overall Man of the Year. Oh. He actually he was actually very close to winning. Broadcaster of the year as well, in addition to sports writer of the year. The hardest working Nevadan? That's a good one. That's, that's a good one. That's, fin- that's Sean Murray. Finally gets some attention for all he's done. Finally. Finally gets the shine. 
I haven't had a chance to say congrats on this program, Adam Hill. Awesome. Congrats. He, he yeah, loves he loves the congrats. Thank he really you. appreciates thanks, it. Thanks look, look, look at him. Look at him. Don't get all mad. When does this end? When does it end? Well, <laughs> probably when never. Stop being so great at your job. Uh, probably never. Now that, now that we've flooded the uh, whatever association it is, you're, you're going to win for the rest of your life. So get ready. It's well deserved. That's what happens. <laughs> uh, let's go back to one of the big betting stories, Sam, of last week. And Brett Maher... Oh. Boy, boy, he missed. He missed the extra point while I got blocked, and people got paid. So it started. <laughs> it started last week when I saw one of the American books put up a one-way market, and that means you can only bet one way. Of course, that Maher would miss an extra point. It was plus two fifty, and I'm thinking to myself, this is. The worst price I've seen in a while. It's not as bad as a couple of seasons ago. You and I were laughing at, I think it was Bet Rivers offering 5-1 to one that there would be a scoregami in wildcard weekend. And we did the math, and it should have been 40-1. to one. Well, long story short, Westgate, Circa, both opened up the yes. He'll miss an extra point at 5-1. to one. So that the conversation is over. Plus 250 was a horrible price because the Vegas books opened double that. Well, people started to bet the yes, got knocked down to four to one, three fifty, and it sort of closed around three eighty, four to one that he would miss one. And the Dallas Cowboys score one touchdown, kick one extra point, and it's blocked. So I have to then get the barrage all over again of why I'm an idiot. Because oh I said it was the bad bet. It's still a bad bet. What are we talking about? It it's a it's a real problem in that and I mean not just this specifically, but the the lack of true understanding of you know numbers and value and and betting and everybody thinks they're an expert now because it's growing and people are doing this every day but like how tough is this education process you're speaking to you know people that are kind of new to it in your in your job like how tough is this process of getting people to understand that it's extremely tough and as you both know i have sort of built my personal brand on looking out for the consumer i never said that like you were dumb for making that bet, but I'm trying to lay out the mathematics of the issue. Brett Maher, in his career coming into this past weekend, was 134 for 144. That's 93%, okay? If you're just thinking about the math of it, 93% of the extra points he makes. Plus 250 implies a 30% chance. So I don't care if he misses the first extra point, which technically he did, it was blocked, the price, the true price there is 8 to 1 or 9 to 1, if not higher. So, yeah, but then you try and explain that. And there are so many people on Twitter that are just like, yeah, well, you're stupid or you're an idiot or you suck at your job. And that's not even the point. So I'm trying to help, yet people are just piling on. And then, of course, that kick gets blocked. And Jeff Davis is like, pray for SP Shoots mentions. And then Metcalf hops in and goes, I, that's exactly who I thought about because they know what I'm trying to say. But if, if you were to offer that bet every weekend on Brett Maher, the books would love you to take the yes at plus two, three, four, five to one because it's still a stupid bet even though it won. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a long process, and I don't know that it's ever going to be won, uh, but it's one that, that you just got to keep fighting and battling. And I think as – more and more people follow it, I guess. Maybe they'll understand, but um, I don't know if that's true because I know a lot of people here that grew up around betting and still don't understand this concept of just because you win a bet doesn't mean it's a good bet. 
Right, and that was, you know, a conversation I had with Jeff Benson. We were talking about Mayweather-McGregor. And there were so many people, when that opened up, I believe the price was Mayweather was minus 2,500 to win. So you had to lay 2,500 to win 100. And McGregor may have opened eight or nine to one. Does that sound accurate? It's in that ballpark. Yeah. Uh The bets, though, were like 20 to one ticket count on McGregor. So McGregor got bet from eight to one to five to one to four to one to plus 250. And there were still people that were betting Conor McGregor at plus 250 when he opened eight or nine to one. And of course, he gets knocked out late in that fight. And it was an easy win for anybody who laid Floyd Mayweather at minus four, 500. But the people that were betting Conor McGregor five to two, three to one, four to one made a bad bet. Now that one lost. The Maher one still won, but you have to understand that good bets can lose and bad bets can win. And Final answer, plus 250 was always a stupid bet <laughs> and a horrible price. End of story. Sam Paniotovich on Cofield and Company is betting the Bengals minus three a bad bet when you could have had them as a slight dog. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you can't say it's a great bet, and I've seen this sort of hop around. A lot of the Vegas shops were at two and a half this afternoon. But by about 5 o'clock Eastern to Pacific, it was it was bet back. You know, the, the wise guys came in, and the ones that took one off the open, it took one and a half with Cincinnati, the ones that were waiting for it to go the other way just said, all right, we're going to take two and a half. Because the books, the last thing the books wanted to do was go to three. You can't go to three because then every sharp is going to take Mahomes plus three. So um, I think this still closes around one. I don't know who goes off the favorite. Let's just think about the anatomy of this number and how crazy it is that the Chiefs are dogs at home. And I like the Bengals. I have the Bengals over the Niners in the Super Bowl. But when you think about this past weekend, Buffalo closed as a six-point favorite on Cincinnati, right? And pretty much every odds maker had the two teams, Buffalo and KC, equal. So how does Cincinnati go from a six-point dog to a one-and-a-half, two-point favorite? That's an eight-point adjustment on what? Okay, maybe you bump Cincy up three points. But is Mahomes, an injured Mahomes, worth like five points? I See, I don't know. I'm just not there. Um, as we know, you know, Lions two to two, like plus two to minus two, that's not really a real four-point move. You know, it goes through zero, which is useless. I just – I can't believe – that everybody is on Cincinnati here when nobody wanted to bet him last week. That's what makes me nervous about my Bengals ticket. But, look, if Mahomes can't make those broken plays and and thrive in the open field, this is a different offense. I think we all have to understand that. Yeah, there's also the chance he tries to play and then gets knocked out very early in the game, and then you're sitting uh, with the Chiefs back. Because I, I feel like I will bet the Chiefs at some point, as long as there's somewhat positive reports about Mahomes, but you do have to worry that in the first quarter, it's Chad Henney out there, and now you're sitting with a Chad Henney bet. Yeah, look, I've talked to some guys who had high ankle sprains. Granted, they didn't play in the NFL in wild card weekend and divisional round and NFC, AFC championship games, but they always said that after the first 24 to 48 hours, that's when it gets worse for these high ankles. Like, you know, you get shot up right away, and you're going through the medicine, and you're on the painkillers, and then you have to hit the field on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it's like, oh, my God, this thing is the size of a cantaloupe right now. 
and you're trying to be mobile and move around. And of course, he's going to try and play, but it's almost impossible to quantify. I will say this. There are not a lot of public betters that are joining the fold on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning. Like, these are not little old ladies looking like Marge Simpson walking up to the window betting the Bengals, you know, moving it from plus one to minus two. So respected play for the first time that I can remember in this level of the NFL season, like the playoffs. This is the first time in a long time that wise guys bet against a Patrick Mahomes-led team. That's pretty telling. Now, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to lay – two, two and a half with Cincy because I've got them nine to one and 12 to one to win the Super Bowl. And I was able to get some plus one on Monday. I, I can't lay two and a half on a team that was plus six against a very similar opponent in almost the same exact role. Like I just can't justify that movement. Follow Sam stuff up on uh, Nesson bets on Twitter. He's our uh, gambling expert here on Tuesdays. I saw you did a piece on odds for the 2024 Super Bowl Buffalo plus 550. You playing it? Nope. <laughs> Why would I play it? That quarterback can't win a big game. Going back to like high school. And tell me how tell me how that team for the last, I don't know, two and a half, three seasons has been a rock star, has been Mick Jagger in the regular season, but has been Keith Richards in the postseason. Like old, can't move around. You know, it's just weird. And they, they ran it. Did you see this? They ran it like 14 times out of the gun for like, what, 10 yards? And then Allen's out there trying to play hero ball, trying to score 14 points on one drive, and it's just that team continuously cracks under pressure. And I don't know if it's something in the water in Buffalo because we saw them go to the, what, the Super Bowl four times in a row in the 90s and, and always fall flat. Like that team is just – they can't win big games. And, and I don't know what it is, I, you know, and they're going to maybe fire Leslie Frazier or they're going to do something stupid and maybe ruin everything. But I don't know, man. I, the Chiefs, every year, you go back the last four off seasons. if you would have bet the Chiefs at about 6-1 to one on the open, they go to the Super Bowl and win it the first year. They lose in the Super Bowl the second year, so you could have had it or got off it. Third year, they have a 21-3 to lead in the AFC Championship game at home, so you could have bet Bengals live or Bengals – plus six pre-flop, and this year they're hosting the AFC Championship game again. That is a team you want to bet on. You either bet on a favorite that gets there, like Kansas City or San Francisco, or you bet on a longer shot that may get a quarterback. Miami Dolphins, Las Vegas Raiders, um, New Orleans Saints. You know, those teams, if they get a quarterback, those odds will be slashing out. Even the New York Jets. I don't like the Jets, but, I mean, 70-1? to If they get Aaron Rodgers, what are they, 25-1? to so you either bet on a team you know is going to get you far or you bet on a team that's going to make a move at quarterback. I saw your partner said uh, he thought there was some value in the Dolphins uh, if they get rid of Tua and maybe go with a guy like Derek Carr. Well, there's a reason that's an opinion and not a fact. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not. And I, I looked at him. I looked at him like, what? And then he, he was also saying that, you know, Derek Carr should come. To, he's got Derek Carr going to like four teams, my yeah. co-host. And he's like, well, he could come to New England. I'm like, he's he's Mac Jones heavy. Yep. Like, they're the same guy. They're just, ugh. So North, no, I, Northeast, but I mean, look, Northeast media people love Derek Carr. Okay. I don't know why. But, hey, if Miami gets Aaron Rodgers or if Miami gets Tom Brady, all of a sudden that offense goes to where it needs to go and that price goes from 40 to 1 to 
15 to 1. So again, either bet the team you know can win big games, KC San Francisco, or bet a team you think is going to make a move at quarterback. Sam, you rule. Very good spot. And like I said, uh, really good stuff up on Ness and Bets for folks out here. Make sure you check it out on Twitter. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Hey, congrats again, Adam Hill. You rock star, you. Shut up. <laughs> Thanks. Sir. For Reno, you're going bye-bye, but you can hear the entire three-hour show at lbsportsnetwork.com or listen to the archives at that same address. Yeah, the Dolphins right now are 40-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl next year. Would you bet it if you knew that Tua was the guy?